welcome once again to week three now of What's in the Name. We are so excited to explore the names of Jesus this weekend. And before our teacher comes up and gives us the message for the day, I have a few housekeeping things I'd love to do with you right now. Uh, first and foremost, we have a, a couple of big announcements we want to talk to you about, about December the 13th. Yes, that's just two weeks from today. We know it's Thanksgiving weekend, but, but December is upon us. The Christmas season is here now as well. We're not just decorated up um, in many of our houses and here at the church, uh, but we're ready to celebrate Jesus' birth in some awesome ways. And one of the ways we do that in the life of our church is every December we have an amazing baptism services. We do water baptisms. We celebrate our new birth in Christ uh, through being baptized in water. We go under the water to signify our death to our old life, and we come up out of the water to signify our new life in Christ. If you're interested in being baptized in any way, shape, or form, whether it's during one of our live services at 9, 10, 10, and 11, 15, or whether you want to set up a special appointment to meet with our staff and be baptized with just a smaller a group of family and friends, you can do that as well. So text the number at the bottom of the screen. Let uh, the staff here know what, what you'd like to do. If you have any questions, um, if you'd like to have uh, maybe a phone call or, or a Zoom call or a face-to-face -face meeting to talk about baptism, we'd love to get you set up for that. Get you a, a free baptism t-shirt, get you a towel, get you ready for that amazing day coming up on December 13th. The other thing that's happening on December 13th is we have our annual uh, kind of dress up for Christmas. Some people call it Ugly Sweater Sunday, uh, where people wear hats, you know, uh, costumes. Uh, we even had somebody dress up in a full-fledged suit one year with snowmen all over it. Uh, but just a fun celebratory day that we'll be doing live and in person that weekend here at the church. That's also on December the 13th. And if you're at home, what we'd love for you to do, if you're at home that weekend, December the 13th, watching with our online community, what we'd love for you to do that weekend is to still put your ugly sweater on and take a selfie and post it to the church's page, tag the church in it, uh, so we can all celebrate together, both our online community and our live in-person community. That's December the 13th, big day in the life of the Bluey's Normal Vineyard as we celebrate both baptisms and ugly sweater Sunday. Going to be an amazing, amazing day. Well, friends, um, I've got one other thing I really want to talk to you about before we do offering, and that is we had an incredible Thanksgiving food box outreach this year. I know we've talked a lot about it, but i got to let you know that over 220 families on Monday night were given a food box, a, a turkey, a, a gallon of milk, eggs, bread, all kinds of canned goods to have an amazing Thanksgiving. We would love to bless our cities that way. We had so many partnerships, uh, not just uh, organizations in the community, but schools in the community that we were able to bless families in need. It was such an amazing time. Uh, I think I think it was about 40 people on Sunday held pack boxes. Uh, I think it was another 30 people come out on Sunday, or Monday afternoon uh, to help us give away all of those things. We met with so many schools, with so many leaders. We prayed with so many people. And it's all because you guys jumped in with your time and your talents and your treasure to impact lives in our cities. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. If you get a chance, uh, reach out to Lauren and Andy Hag, our outreach pastors, and give them a huge thank you as they organize so much of this stuff. And, and thank any volunteers you know help. Uh, and I want to say thank you to everybody who donated um, time, talent, and treasure through this season because, gosh, guys, we were able to do something bigger than we could ever imagine. When we started with those eight or nine boxes a few years ago, all the way up to 220 plus families on Monday, and we're giving away, a few, we gave away a few more uh, the rest of the week. So I think we ended up with about 230 boxes that went out the door this week for Thanksgiving. And as you had an amazing Thanksgiving, uh, as a pastor in your church, I wanna say a huge thank you again. We are so grateful for you. So grateful for you giving of your resources to support this place. 
And, and we want to say thanks again uh, for those of you that are going right now to VineyardBloomington.com and clicking on that Give button. And giving just to the general fund, which helps us uh, do these weekly services, which helps us do our youth groups, our small groups, our kids ministry, helps pay for those outreach pastors. Um, but thanks to all of you who have given generously to the increase in the holiday offering, which you can still do, which goes towards paying for those turkeys and those milk and all those types of things. Guys, we are so blessed as a church. You know, so many churches are, are seeing a, a decrease in this season, a decrease in the season of COVID shutdowns, a decrease in the season of not knowing their directions and things like that. But we have seen you guys pour into the mission and vision of this place to engage our cities with Jesus' love and good news. And because we're doing that, because you're giving, lives are getting transformed. Because you're giving, we're going to have baptisms, right? Because you're giving, people are getting prayed for. Uh, because you're giving, people are getting fed. Because you're giving, well, we're able to do these awesome services where you get to meet Jesus on a week-in, week-out basis. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for giving to our church. Let's pray. Father, you're so good. You're so amazing. And we're grateful for everything you've given to us. And because you've given so much to us in generosity and in freedom, we give back to the mission and vision of your church, God. And we're seeing lives get changed because we partner with you and because of the generosity of our church body, God. God, thank you to everyone who gives this holiday season. Thank you to everyone, God, who's jumping online right now and giving. And God, we know because they give, they'll be blessed. And God, I pray that you take that gift, whether it's $1, $10, $1,000. You take that gift and multiply it beyond anything they could ask or imagine. In Jesus' amazing name I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, that, that website is vineyardbloomington.com. Go to the Give button. Follow the instructions there. You can set up a one-time gift. You can set up a holiday gift. Uh, if you're like my wife and I, we have it just uh, taken out every single month um, on a regular basis because we believe in what God is doing in this place. Well, we also believe in amazing, amazing Savior Jesus, and we're celebrating all of his names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Savior of the World, Messiah. And this weekend, uh, we're inviting our family life pastor, Charlie Heller, who oversees our kids' ministries, oversees our marriage and women's ministries, doing an amazing job. She's been on our team for a couple of years. And Charlie's going to talk to us this week about our everlasting father and what a good dad our God is. So would you guys welcome Charlie to the stage as she continues our series, What's in a Name? Well, every great story is broken up into beginning, middle, and end, right? That's how we do it, because in the beginning, you, you build the setting, you give the background. In the middle, you have some details that are all leading up to the end, which you hope will be dramatic, sometimes they're sad. Either way, we, we like to compartmentalize beginning, middle, and end. So I'm going to just tell you a quick story from my life today, because our stories are important and they're good to share. So just a little bit from my beginning. My beginning, my childhood, was actually a little rough. It was not quite warm and fuzzy when I was growing up. When I was little in elementary school age, my parents were struggling with some things. My mom was dealing with mental illness. She was dealing with alcoholism. And my dad, well, he was just trying to keep it all together. So there was a lot happening in our household that wasn't good that wasn't healthy and it was a hard time i remember yelling matches and violent outbursts and things that were just unstable and i felt frightened and, and alone sometimes but through it all i prayed now we did not go to church a lot when i was little my mom took us off and on 
I knew a little bit about the Bible, Christianity, but not much at all. Not much. Um, I, I couldn't tell you for sure what she did teach us and what I picked up on my own or picked up around. I don't know. I just knew that there was a God, and I was actually, to tell you the truth, a little afraid of him. He was a little bit scary to me. But when things were rough and things were scary at home, I felt like I could pray to him. I felt like he was the one who could rescue my family, who was the one who could come in and take the pain away. And so I didn't know his name exactly. I didn't know what to call him. I didn't know what he thought of me, but I knew I could turn to him. And it took a few years of praying and struggle, but he came through. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay, God. He came through. And eventually, as I got a little older into my teenage years, our house did quiet down and become stable, and we became a, a stronger family through it. My mom got the help she needed. Um, my parents remained married through it all, which is, you know, just despite the odds and things that were thrown against them. And we managed, we made it through that tough time in life. And so God came through in that way. And it was after things had settled down that when I was in high school, I was invited to a church youth group. And in that youth group, that was the first time I was introduced to what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. I had, I was hearing about him for the first time, really. The stories were new to me. I was um, having conversations about Jesus with my peers and with my youth pastor. And through it, I decided I did want my own relationship with him. I wanted to partner with Jesus. And so I prayed the prayer. I said yes. But it took a while for that to sink in because I really just felt like that wasn't enough and that I needed more. And so... I really wrestled with those thoughts a lot. I wrestled with worrying about whether or not I really was a Christian, whether or not I really, you know, could have a relationship with Jesus, because it just felt too easy just to say, okay, yes. <laughs> felt way too easy. And so one night as I was praying and contemplating these things in my heart, I literally felt like I heard God's voice. He interrupted my prayer life. And it was kind of like that moment we had the defining the relationship talk. He broke into my thoughts and he told me, stop, stop worrying about this. You said, yes, we're in this together now. I mean, we'd always been in it together, so now I was partnering with him, my choice. So he, he did that. That was kind of my, my big moment where I felt like, yes, this is my relationship with Jesus now. This is me going forward. And that's how it all began for me. So that's the end of my story in terms of how I started with Jesus, but it's also the beginning of my story with Jesus. And it's just a brief, because again, our stories are important. And we look at, again, going back to the whole beginning, middle, and end, we look at the Bible that way too. We open our Bibles and we say, okay, well, here's what happened in the beginning, right? God and creation. And then we fast forward, the, the whole Old Testament is kind of the beginning, it's like, yeah, that happened. And then it leads up to the middle, where Jesus was born, and, and big things happened. Jesus is that middle. And then we get to the end. There is an end of the Bible, right? The book of Revelation. And that's a bit of a cliffhanger, isn't it? <laughs> well, in this series, we have been talking about the names of Jesus, a part of the story. 
In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah told that for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He told us the names of Jesus. And I've added in verse 7 to this, his government and its peace will never end. See, that never end goes a lot with our everlasting father. Everlasting implies never ending. It implies there's no end. It implies forever. It implies unbreakable. And when we hear the word father, maybe we think of someone who loves us and leads us, disciplines us, teaches us, provides for us, and protects us. But it's kind of a hard concept to grasp because oftentimes our relationships on earth don't look like that. So many things in our life are breakable. And so many relationships just reinforce that nothing lasts forever. And so as we look closely today, we're going we're gonna to dive into the, the name Everlasting Father. We're going to look at that. He is the one who was and is and is to come. The one who Hebrews 13 says is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this day. We just thank you for um, just revealing more of yourself to us. And God, may we just have the, the ears to hear you today. Amen. All right, well, let's start from the beginning, right? We have to go back to the beginning. The beginning is Genesis. The account of creation. And Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So this is the very beginning, right? The beginning when we know God created the world. But there's an us. And that us implies that Jesus was a part of what was taking place. He was a part of that creation process. In our own lives, the beginning looks like our yesterdays, right? My yesterday would have been my childhood, those moments when my relationship with Jesus wasn't official. But I, I didn't know him, but yet at the same time, I did know him. And Andy touched on this last week when he talked about we were designed to have that supernatural relationship. We, we crave it. We want it. We know it's there. I mean, think about how many times... Maybe you, maybe someone you know when you're um, someone who's not a believer or someone who's, who's just figuring it out thinks about it. And they, they're in a struggle and they say, please send positive vibes. Send good thoughts my way. Right? They're, they know they need something. Or how many times does someone attribute life to the universe? You know, oh, bad things happen, the universe hates me today. Good things happen, the universe loves me today. We are craving supernatural influence and relationship in our lives. Now, I didn't know God in a personal way when I was little, but I knew of him. And I didn't always have the words or the names when I was talking to him or about him, but I knew that he was the one who could fix things that were broken. And it's interesting, when we look at John chapter 1, the very first thing, John chapter 1, that it says is, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Mind blown, right? <laughs> D 
Did you catch all that? It's kind of a lot. See, Jesus wasn't created to come into the world. He was sent. He was already there. He existed. And when God is speaking in the Old Testament, that's Jesus speaking too. That's, that's Jesus being there in all those moments. And that's why the prophet Isaiah could speak so clearly about who Jesus was hundreds of years before he was actually born because he already existed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now when we move to the middle, the part where Jesus actually arrives on the scene in person, he was born, he's a baby, then he grows up. And we have this time of change, a time of revolution, a time when heaven literally came to earth. Now, the people around him, the Jews, his people, <laughs> they questioned it. He performed miracles, signs, and wonders right in front of their faces, and they still questioned it. He was literally the face of God staring at them, and they questioned it. And he told them, with his words, plainly, who he was and what he came to do, and they still questioned him. Tell us who you are. Listen how he responds in John chapter 10. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. He just told them, I and the Father are one. He may have come as a son, but through the ministry, he, was, he also had the same ultimate authority to the God that they had been praying to for hundreds of years. It was the same. And this is still Jesus today. He's one with the Father. He is one everlasting Father. Look at how he shows a Father's character. He is their protector and provider. His sheep listen to his voice, his children. They know him. I think of this, I have four children, and so babies quickly learn to recognize the voice of their parents. I mean, it starts in the womb. They recognize the voice of their parents. They know who the ones are that protect them and love them and provide for them. And that is who our everlasting Father is to us. When it comes to our relationships with our earthly parents, we start out totally helpless and dependent. And then we work and we grow to independence, right? That's how it works in life. But that's the difference between our earthly fathers and our heavenly father. We are continually supposed to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus but we never outgrow our dependence on him. And our earthly relationships were never meant to take precedence over our relationship with our Heavenly Father. You see, we were made for community. We were made for relationship. But our supernatural relationship with Jesus should always be above all that. It should always be above the rest. You are never supposed to be defined by your relationships here on earth the way you're supposed to be defined by your relationship with Christ. 
when we take a look at the Bible and the life of Jesus again, going, you know, going through his life, he had a mom and a dad on earth. And poor Joseph, he gets a lot of mention when Mary's pregnant, right? He marries her anyway. He does the right thing. The angel of the Lord came to him. He had a lot of good experiences. And then he got to be Jesus's earthly dad. But guess what? There's not a whole lot of stories about Joseph in the Bible other than that. <laughs> There's not a lot of mention of him. And when Jesus is starting his ministry, he doesn't credit a lot of stuff to Joseph. And that's not necessarily meant to be dishonoring, but his whole purpose was to show us how to live and elevate our relationship with a heavenly father. Our earthly relationships will come and go, but Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. And now we move towards the end, right? Every great story has an ending, a dramatic ending. Well, it's a little fuzzy, isn't it? Because for Jesus, where did it end? Was it the cross? Was it the resurrection? Technically, the resurrection means it hasn't ended yet, right? Death is not the end anymore. And that there is an end of the Bible, again, the last book of the Bible, and it tells us there's more to come. It's not the end. Revelation 22 says, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. What an encouragement that is to me when I'm faced with an end. The end of a career, the end of a relationship, the end of my life. The end is not the end anymore. And though my circumstances in life will constantly change, my ever everlasting Father remains the same. There is a song that I feel like just depicts this beautiful picture of this. It's by Nicole Nordman. It's a song called I Am. And in the song, she uses the verses and describes like different stages of her life. She goes through each one and she talks about how she needed the father at those times and what ways she needed him and, and the names that she called him. So as a child, she referred to him as a superhero and as a teenager, she refers to him as the secret keeper. And as a wife and a mother, she calls him shepherd and savior. Like it gets personal along the way through each stage of life. And the last verse, I feel like, is really powerful, and I'm going to just read that now. And the lyric, just look at the song up later, it's really good. <laughs> the last verse says, When life had begun, I was woven and spun. You let the angels dance around your throne. And who can say when, but they'll dance again, when I am free and finally headed home. I will be weak, unable to speak, Still, I will call you by your name. Creator, maker, life sustainer, comforter, healer, my redeemer, Lord and King, beginning and the end, I am. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So maybe now you need to stop and look back in your life and just close your eyes and reflect. 
You've been a part of a big story your whole life. No matter when you remember your own relationship with Jesus starting, and no matter if you still need to make that decision, you have been a part of a bigger story. So go through and, and think of the times when you've sensed a supernatural presence, when maybe you didn't know it was Jesus. Go through and remember those times that he was there with you. Maybe you need to let go of your expectations today, your expectations of your earthly father or mother or any relationship that you have. Maybe you need to place the appropriate expectations on your everlasting father, the one who does provide and protect and love and leads all the time and all the same. Maybe you just need to make that choice today. Maybe it's the, the first time you want to say yes to Jesus and truly make the choice to partner with him. Or maybe it's a recommitment. Whatever the case may be, make it today. Today is the day you can partner with him. He is calling you. We feel the supernatural relationship. So I'm just going to pray right now. Father, thank you. Thank you for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you that we can say yes to you, that it's that simple. That's where we, we can partner with you. Thank you that you've been partnering with us before we even know it. Thank you that, that there is so much more than we can understand and know. And thank you that our hope is not in the things of this world, but it's in you, Jesus. God, I pray for those who are reflecting today, for those who feel your presence right now on them. God, I pray that you take their hand, meet them where they're at, and give them the courage to say yes to you today.